0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Glad you're here today. We're starting a series in the book of Psalm, and we're going to look at 10 different chapters throughout the summer. And uh, they're not tied together in any specific way, uh, but they each uh, share a different thing that we uh, want to communicate. And, and so we're gonna focus on a verse by verse through these Psalms, and, and we'll focus on current day application. What truth can we take? What dynamic truth can we take from this uh, Psalm and bring it into our lives today? And today we're going to be talking about learning to be joyful. Um, and how, where does that come from? How can I be joyful? How do I find that true joy? And so we're going to focus on that. I mentioned last week when I was in college, one of the things that helped me to stay founded in my faith was every day I read five chapters of Psalm. And that way every month I worked through all 150 Psalms. And that helped me in my relationship with God. And then I would read one chapter of Proverbs a day. And, uh, and so i worked through all the Proverbs uh, each month. And then that would help me in my relationship with other people. And I was amazed at, well, what, what you're gonna see, you know, you hear people talk about all the promises that are in the Bible. You're gonna read, we're gonna read a lot of promises that are just in Psalms 91. And and there are promises that we want to cling to. Whenever you're faced with challenging times, and you're faced with difficult decisions or faced with things that you're just going through that are out of your control, you should run to the Bible and find promises from God that relate directly to what you're dealing with. Because that's what will give you strength. That's what will give you courage. That's what will help sustain you in these challenging times. So let's begin. We're going to just go verse by verse. Begin with verse 1, Psalm 91. I, I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles, and, uh, or if you have an app on your phone, you can open that up. Turn the games off. And, uh, but bring your, bring your Bible application so that you can take some notes. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to follow up. From these readings and you go home and you personalize it I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this now but I'm gonna repeat it at the end my challenge to you is to take the Psalms that we study and you personalize it you put it in first person and you make it a prayer to God in fact I would encourage you to even write out that prayer kind of as an offering to God so like the very first verse is those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So take that verse and make it personal. And you say to God, like you're talking to Him, God, I want to live in the shelter of you. I want to live in your shelter. Because when I live in your shelter, that's where I find real rest. I find rest in your shadow, your glorious shadow. That's where I find rest. So make it personal. And you use it as a prayer talking to God. So let's start. Verse 1. Those who live, live in the shelter of the Most High. I mean, let's just stop there for a second. This shelter, some translations actually call it a secret place. In the secret place of the Most High, it gives this idea of an intimate place with divine protection. And uh, in fact, the use of the word most high for God emphasizes that there's no threat that can ever overpower him. I mean, when I was a little kid, you know, in our neighborhood, we had tons of kids, you know, you got up, uh, in the summer months, you got up. As soon as breakfast, you were out the door. And the only rule we had was you had to be home when the streetlights came home. Did you, any of you grow up with those rules? When the streetlight came home, that's when you went home. And of course, being um, just a normal kid, every kid, we had to build a fort. And we would build not just one. We built build several forts because we had to find secret places to build these forts because we didn't want the girls them. And uh, we, we had to have these secret places, our fort. And, you know, you just kind of have that idea. If I'm in my fort, I'm okay because nobody knows where it is and uh, nobody can get to us. We're okay in here. And it's just me and my buddies and we're safe. And so this idea of a shelter, this is a shelter. This is kind of like the fort of all forts because God himself built this. And being the most high, that means there's no one higher, no one equal. He's kind of like stand alone, I'm it. And so when I'm in his shelter, I'm in the shelter in the fort of someone that nobody can ever do anything against. Nobody can ever overpower him. No one can ever get to me unless they're able to take God out. And nobody can take God out. So I'm going to live in this shelter. Those who live in this shelter of the Most High, I'm going to find rest. Not laziness, but peace. I'm going to find this rest that I'm able to face life because I'm resting in who I am in relationship to God. I'm in His fort because I'm allowed there. I belong there. I'm part of the family because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me. So I have permission to be there. It's home. So when life throws you a curveball, the first thing you want to do is run for the fort. Find your rest in Him, find your peace with Him. Say, God, i want to live in your shadow now this was very pertinent to where the psalmist lived that wrote this i mean we just had some friends just get back from israel and i've been to israel when it's in the hot part of the summer and it it is hot just like it can get hot here And one of the things, especially, you know, back in the days of Jesus, you know, they didn't have air conditioning or anything like that. So a shadow was a commodity. I mean, to find some shade was a luxury. And whenever I've been on trips when it's hot and uh, there are a lot of places you go and you have to you're standing there listening to the lecture and hearing the guide share with some things and the first thing we always would do is say okay let's find some shade here and we can sit and find at least some comfort and some coolness in the shade and so this idea that i'll find rest in the shadow of the almighty that means i'm going to find care and protection from the dangers the heat of life the oppression that can come from the things of life. So it just gives me this beautiful picture. I'm in a fort that God built, and nobody can overpower it. I am safe. And when I'm out dealing with the things of life and the dangerous things of life, there's a shadow that's following me around, that's protecting me. Now, I just, I love this image that God is giving me through these words. So when your circumstances are oppressive and when your circumstances are dangerous, run for God's shadow. Go find his shadow and stay there because that's where you're safe. Now, f- verse 2. It's going to be a long summer. <laughs> Ten minutes to get through verse 1. <laughs> Golly. Golly. All right, verse two. This I declare about the Lord. So personalize it. God, I declare this about you. You alone are my refuge. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. You are my God. I trust you. So you're making the declaration. Now you say, well, I believe that in my heart. Well, you need to verbalize it make that declaration say it to people around you when tough times come when difficult times come and your friends come and they say hey i'm praying for you you got a choice at that moment you can all you know you can all start feeling sorry for yourself woe is me kind of stuff or you can start saying you know what This has been a surprise to me. This has caught me off guard, but it didn't catch God off guard. And I am declaring, I'm making a declaration that He alone is my refuge, that He is my place of safety, and that I'm choosing to trust Him. Man, when you make that declaration at the beginning of a difficult time, it totally changes the journey through that difficult time. God has not promised you that life is gonna be smooth sailing. He has not said, I'll never let a difficult thing come your way. What he has said is, I'm gonna get you through it. I will get you through those challenging times. So, you make a declaration right up front about what is already true. God, I declare that you're my Lord. You alone, you alone am I putting my trust in. My refuge is your place. My place is in you, my place of safety. That secret fort that you've built for me, that secret place, your shadow, that's where I choose to be. Verse 3. I'm just going to keep personalizing it. For you will rescue me from every trap. So that means I might fall into some traps, but God will get me out of those traps. Sometimes... He shows me where the traps are because I'm paying attention to him and I'm studying and I'm reading and I'm praying and and he gives me perception about where these traps are. But sometimes I get a little cocky and sometimes I think, God, I've got this, take the day off. And I think that I can handle it and I fall slap into a trap. God doesn't abandon me. He comes and rescues me. He says, he will rescue me from every trap, and he will protect me from deadly disease. You know, when life is hard and difficult and overwhelming, only your relationship with holy God through Jesus Christ is going to calm your soul. Only that can do it. You can have the best team of doctors around you. You can have the best friends in the world. And they comfort and they help. But only God will calm your soul. You know, when it says he'll protect me from deadly diseases. We went through some tough times through COVID. In fact, we lost some church members. Some we're not, you know, elder, an elderly person. We lost a good friend that uh, she, she was in her forties, uh, and um, and I'm, I read a verse like this, and I say, "Well, did God protect her from that deadly disease?" And you read this, and you say, "Well, where where was God in that?" I thought God would protect. Well, I have to stop. And I have to look at things from God's perspective. And from God's perspective, he did protect our friends, those that trust him. I mean, he he healed them in a spectacular way in that he took them to heaven to be with him. I mean, he, he healed them in ways that we don't, quite fathom we can think we understand it but man what god did he, the way he healed some of our friends and he took them to heaven and they're still there with him and let me tell you something let's make it really really plain and simple they don't want to come back they don't want to come back so yeah god protected their souls in deadly diseases and so when I say I trust God I'm able to say even if this illness takes my life it cannot touch my soul it cannot touch my spirit and that's where I find peace and that's where I find comfort and you know we believers we we got up our game on this one we We've got to think in terms of eternity. He alone is my refuge. Verse 3, he says, uh, He will rescue from every trap and protect you from deadly diseases. That every trap, in some translations, it talks about the snare of a uh, a fowler. Uh, A fowler is somebody who would trap birds for various reasons. And so the metaphor here, it represents that plots against the believer that are intended to endanger their life, and, and I'll, trust me on this one, Satan is always plotting against you. Always. Even more so why you need to live in that secret place With God trusting him, living his shadow, claiming his promises because you have an enemy who absolutely hates you. And he is always plotting against you. And your only safety is in God himself. And God has invited you to come into a place that Satan cannot touch. And will never have access to Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Now, under his wings, this idea of covering us with his wings, God cares for us like a mother bird cares, cares for her young And maybe this could even be a symbolic reference to the cherubim wings that were above the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, and those cherubim wings that would cover that. And maybe that was just symbolic of saying, hey, I've covered you. And nothing can penetrate those wings. Nothing. And I like this. It says, his faithful promises. You got to know what those promises are. Know those promises. I mean, I've heard everything from 5,000 to 7,000 promises in the Bible, so there's a lot. And I tell you, everything you face, everything you go through, there are promises you can go and cling to. And that ought to be your first line of defense. When trouble comes and it will, get ready arm yourself with the promises of God. That's your weapons. And you can trust God that he will keep, his faithful promises are your armor and are your protection. So know what they are. I had a dear family member who this past year has been, has just been through it has really been through it and one of the things that they did they would find promises in Scripture and they would put them on the bathroom mirror they would put them in the car they'd put them in the office so that all day long and every evening the promises of God were right in front of them and they would tell you what I went through was hard I wouldn't wish it on anybody But God sustained me with his promises. God gave me what I needed when I needed it based on his promises. They become your armor. So I guess the first point I want to say to you, dwell in the secret place of the most high. Because the enemy doesn't know where that secret place is. It's important to dwell there. It calls on us to seek intimacy with Holy God. I I can't help but believe this. So if I'm stepping on your toes, I apologize, not really. (coughs) But if you're like me, there are times I struggle with feeling intimacy with Holy God, right? I mean, do you, do you say to yourself, wow, that person over there seems to be so close to God. I wish I knew how that felt. That person over there, is, they seem like they trust God for everything. And I'm just not there yet. They seem like they're best buddies with God and I'm afraid of him. I, I think a lot of Christians struggle with this intimacy aspect with God and he calls us into an intimate relationship as if it's just you and him and he made that possible through his son Jesus and he sustains that through the Holy Spirit so don't be afraid of that Don't be afraid. I mean, he's inviting you to come into his secret place. He's inviting you to live under his shadows. He's inviting you to claim his promises. Don't be afraid of the intimacy. You know, here's why some of you are afraid. You're afraid if you get too intimate with God, he will not like what he sees in you. Well, let me clue you in something. He already sees it. He already knows it. And he loves you in spite of it. And that's why Jesus died for you. Some of you avoid intimacy with God because you think you've got to get your act together first. It does not work that way. You will get your act together as you grow in your intimacy with Holy God. Learn to accept who He has declared you to be, and He has declared you to be righteous because of his son. He's declared you to be clean because of his son. He's declared you to be his child because of his son. Don't be fearful of that intimacy. Satan is putting that fear there. And he's robbing you when you listen to it. God is inviting you. And I read this in this verse. He's calling me to an intimacy with Him. And I want to make God the very center of my life. I want to choose to abide in His presence. I want to position myself under His protection. I want to be in His presence because that's where I find peace. That's where I find strength. That's where I find security. And I want to cultivate... A deep, abiding relationship with him. But every time you sin, every time I sin, I feel like I've been kicked out of the club. I feel like I got kicked out of the secret place. Well, guess who told me that lie? Wasn't God. That's just a lie of the devil. So let's find some peace with God. Let's get to verse 5. It says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night. Oh, you know, what's under your bed and in the closet kind of stuff. Isn't it amazing when you were a little kid? When I was a little kid, I felt like I couldn't let my foot or my arms be out from under the covers because the boogeyman could get them. The, the, The monster that lived under my bed could get them. As long as they were under that real thin sheet, nothing could touch them. Did you ever feel that way? I don't know what kind of sick thing was going on in my head. That I felt that way, but I did. As long as I was under this covers, nothing could touch me. Well, God is saying, look, I don't want you to be afraid of anything. I don't want you to be afraid of the terrors at night. And, um, and I, want, I want to tell you, I want you to work on your, on your vocabulary. Every time you use the word worry and fearful, Start treating those words like they were curse words and get them out of your vocabulary. Because every time I say, I worry, what I'm really saying is, "I'm, I'm worried. I don't trust God. I'm afraid. God can't keep his end of the bargain. I'm fearful. God's not all who he says he is. Well, I would never say those things, but yet I do every time I say these things. So get worry, get fear, get those things out of your vocabulary. And it's okay to say, when I'm tempted to worry, I wanna run to God. When I'm tempted to be afraid, I wanna run to God. So he's saying here in verse five, do not be afraid. Of the terrors of the night, nor the error that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Are you one of those people that every time you have a little ache and a pain, you immediately go on the Internet? And then all of a sudden, by the end of the day, you've got like five diseases you probably have. Do you do that? You need to stop it. You need to stop it right now. Because you're setting yourself up with fear. You're setting yourself up with worry. He's saying, look, don't dread what might come your way. Though a, Verse 7, though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Now, this is not saying you'll never get sick. This is not one of those prosperity verses here. You'll not, you'll never going to get sick. God never intended if you get sick because you may get a disease that does take your physical body. But if he's saying, Hey, nothing can touch your soul. Nothing can touch your spirit. The Bible says, don't be fearful of anything that can destroy your body. Only fear the one that can destroy your soul. And only God can do that. And he's not going to because of his son, Jesus. He says, just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. You see, the righteous are safe. We're only spectators of the disasters around us. It's okay to say, hey, I've got a cancer yeah, I might die from it, but then I don't die. I'm going to live for eternity. So really, this cancer can't really do anything to me. It might end this body, but it can't touch my soul. It cannot touch my spirit. I'm not taking this body with me anyway. Anyway, verse 9. If you make the Lord your refuge, so here, when you see this, you know there's a promise coming, right? So here's a promise. If you do this, then this is going to happen. So it's an if-then thing. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you run to God, if you run to the secret place, if you go get under his shadow, if you do that, if you make the Most High your shelter, The most high, meaning nobody can ever overpower him. No one's higher. He's the most high. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That verse sounds vaguely familiar. Where have I heard a verse like that? Well, I know. When Satan was tempting Jesus, one of the temptations was he took Jesus to the pinnacle at the Temple Mount, you know, where the Holy of Holies was and all that. He went to the highest place. And basically, Satan said, Jesus, if you swoop down like Superman, jump off this, God has promised he'll send his angels to keep you from hurting even your foot on the ground. This is the verse Satan was misquoting. And every time Satan uses the Bible, and he uses it all the time, it's a misquote. It's a misapplication. So this is the verse that Satan used to try to tempt Jesus. Verse 13, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. So I think in general, this is a metaphor of God's protection from all deadly attacks. He's basically saying in modern terms to us, nothing can touch you without my permission. And if it ends your physical life, it's just the beginning of your eternal life. So the second thing is, trust in God's faithfulness. I mean, this is the reoccurring theme throughout 91, is God's faithfulness. He assures us that He's our refuge, that He's our fortress. He assures us that He is the most high. Our God is one in whom we can trust. And we have this vivid picture of God's protection, care. And he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And when the storms hit us, he will be there with us in the storm. So let's look at these last three verses. Let's look at our love for God and what a satisfied life really looks like. The Lord says, so these remaining verses is God himself talking. So God's talking to you. I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Here's two more promises. I will rescue. I will protect. If you love me and you trust in who I am. The word love here means a deep longing for God, a clinging to God. You remember when you first fell in love with your spouse or you fell in love with somebody and you just thought about them all the time? You wanted to talk to them all the time. You wanted to be together all the time. And then after a while, you know, if you got married, you know, and you still loved each other, and you you know, that love's still there. And, um, but you kind of get into a routine. And sometimes it doesn't seem as special as before. In fact, Jesus talked about a church like this in Revelation. He said, um, You've, you've left your first love. You've lost it. I mean, you fell in love with me, and then I guess you got a little used to it, and now it's like you're not in love with me anymore. You know, Mary and I have been married getting ready to be 46 years, and I'm reminded that even after that long, she still wants me to tell her I love her. And I still want to hear it myself. And we still want to remind each other that we are committed and we love each other and we care about each other. And we would die for each other. Nobody comes in you know, in, in ahead of this relationship. I wonder if sometimes you've become a little too comfortable that you have forgotten Your love for God. Here's another promise that God makes directly to you He says, When you call on me, that's prayer. When you talk to me, I will answer every time. When you call out to me, I'm going to respond every time. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue and honor you. I'm going to pull, you know, when you fall into trouble, I'm going to be there. I'm going to get you out. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to make you whole because I love you. I'm committed to you. Are you committed to me? Do you still love me? God's made. I mean, look at all these promises just in these last few verses Here's, a, here's another promise, verse 16. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Well, what kind of long life has God promised to us? Eternity. Now, that's a long life. He said, I'll give you my salvation. Now, in the Old Testament, you know, I think he was speaking specifically to some saints Uh, for their obedience, and he would give them longevity here on earth. But I think for us today, what he's talking about is I'm giving you eternal life. I'm convinced that, yes, Christians can die young, but they never die early. God gives you eternity with him. And I am to spend this life getting ready for that life. So overcome your fears. Overcome those challenges based on who he is. God assures you that you do not need to be afraid. Trust in God's promises. Trust in God's promises. These beautiful promises of salvation. These beautiful promises of eternity with Him. His promise that He's going to hear your prayers and He's going to answer your prayers. He's going to protect you. He's going to honor you. Trust in those promises. Be encouraged. Be inspired. Run to that secret place and just don't ever leave stay safe in hell let's pray